0: Merry Christmas, friends, and let me add my welcome to our Christmas Eve service. My name is Rob, and I'm our site pastor out at Capital Prez, Fairfax. We're thankful that you're with us this evening, and we're going to continue to listen to the Christmas story. We'll read Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. Let's hear now the word of our God. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us to see this text with fresh eyes and expectant hearts tonight. As we hear the song that the angels sing and consider who they sing it to, would you help us to see your Son, and our Savior. Would you help us to see Jesus? It's in His name that we pray. Amen. Well, let me start by adding uh, another special welcome to the kids that are joining us. I hope you enjoyed um, the the hand motions from my friends uh, Ryan and Christy. They, They did a great job. We're excited that you're watching and worshiping with us tonight. I imagine that you're excited about tomorrow morning. Let me ask you, kids, What do you do when you get excited, right? Um, Do you ask your parents, hey, how how much longer, right? Like there's one sleep until Christmas. I wonder if any of you are going to ask your parents, um, now, uh, how early am I allowed to wake up tomorrow morning? Parents, I'm sorry if I just put that idea in your kid's head. Adults, we get excited too, right? Like, we get excited around this season. We're excited to see our, our kids, our friends, our, our loved ones open up presents, right? Even if we have to do that on video this season, we're, we're excited because some of us have friends and family coming to visit us. We, we get excited when our relatives arrive. We get excited when most of our relatives arrive, right? Um... Now now imagine that you're waiting for something and it's not for one sleep like Christmas tomorrow or not for nine months or a year, but something even longer. Waiting for something for thousands of years. How excited would you be for that moment? Well, that's something of what's happening in our passage tonight. A group of angels have become so excited that they've burst on the scene during this starry night and they shout and they sing that he's finally here. The, the peace of God has invaded earth. And so we see this angel and a bunch of his friends, they, they, they bring this incredible news to the shepherds and they scare the mess out of them. Remember, friends, like angels are, are warriors of light, right? Um, every time they show up on the scene, um, people fall to their face in fear. And while we could consider a number of things tonight we could we could consider how incredible this choir must have appeared. We could look at their lyrics and and see the rich truths there. But I want us to look at two things tonight. I want us to look at this unlikely audience and how they 're transformed this unlikely audience and how they 're transformed. but before we move on to our uh, first point. Let me press pause and, and let me ask you how do you want to be transformed tonight? How, how do you need to be transformed tonight? And and apologies if that's a personal question. You might be thinking who is this guy? Like I don't even know him and he's all up in my business. Um, fair enough. But here's why I ask that question. It's because um our aim and our intention this evening is to do much more than just check off the box for a holiday tradition. And hey, the holiday traditions are great. We, we love them. I love them. But God's in the business of transforming people, and we want to be about His business. He, he transforms the lives of middle schoolers and those who are middle-aged, everyone in between and after. And so how do you want to be transformed tonight? How do you need to be transformed? We we can start with point one now. This this unlikely audience. Verse 8 starts us out, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. This, this is where we are in the passage. All right. We're in a field. All right, we're in a field outside some little nowhere Bethlehem with some nobody shepherds, right? Get this. The announcement of the birth of the Son of God, like the long-awaited Messiah, his birth announcement doesn't arrive at um, the doorstep of the palace. It doesn't even come to people gathered to worship God. It It's received by shepherds. And it might be helpful for us to, to be aware of a few things when it comes to shepherds. Um, shepherds are on the opposite end of the social spectrum, from, from Caesars, right? Caesars slept in palaces. Shepherds slept in fields, pastures. They were poor. They were of no social account rank importance, all right? Um, also, shepherds, they're at the opposite end of the religious spectrum from Pharisees or priests, right? Israelites, Jews, they worshiped in the temple. Uh, shepherds, they just wandered around the countryside. And because of that and, and their lot in life, they were considered um, ritually unclean. They, they just didn't follow the religious rules of, of the era. All right? They were just seen as spiritual outsiders. And even shepherds are at the opposite end of the moral spectrum, really the opposite end of everybody right? Like others were thought of as respectable in the world, while shepherds were thought of as repugnant, right? We're, we're in D.C. It's a lawyer town. It's helpful to know that uh, in the ancient Near East, in the first century, shepherds were not allowed to testify in court because you just knew they couldn't be trustworthy. Those shepherds, it is, right? Like from a human perspective, it's all wrong that the birth announcement of the Savior shows up to these shepherds. Shepherds are the unlikely, unexpected, upside-down recipients of this birth announcement. Unlikely socially, religiously, morally. And maybe that resonates with some of us. Maybe we can identify with that. Um, Shepherds were poor. They had little means, and the pandemic has been hard on some of us, and maybe we're barely keeping the lights on. Um, Maybe we've lost our job. One, we have a deacon's fund that can help you with that. Two, that qualifies you to be a recipient of the announcement of God's grace. All right, you can hear this song tonight. Maybe you can identify with the shepherds as being religious outsiders because you've always felt like an outsider in church. Maybe you haven't been to church in a long time. Maybe you've never been and somehow you found yourself logged onto this service. Maybe um, it's kind of the moral bankruptcy of the shepherds that you can identify with because your spouse just found out about your addiction To alcohol, or your boss just confronted you about stealing from your expense account. And I would also imagine that uh, there are some of us that, you know, really, it doesn't resonate in that way. Maybe it doesn't resonate because we've got plenty of means, like we're not going without, or we're involved in our church and we don't feel like an outsider, or we got promoted. Maybe that's the case. Well, well done, bravo. But uh, I imagine if we just looked a little bit below the surface, we might still realize that we're um, an unexpected, unlikely audience, that we're really an unworthy audience. Because um, husbands, I would imagine many of us, know that we don't love our wives the way that we've been called to love them. Sisters, maybe we don't love our siblings the way that we've been called to love them. Maybe we're not the friend that we know we should be. My, my prayer and my hope tonight is that all of us who have joined this worship service would see that in some way, shape, or form, we are an unlikely audience, unworthy recipients of the news, the grace of this Savior, Jesus. I also like what Luke's doing, and, and when he's setting these uh, shepherds up for us to, to learn about, to, to see what it does for us, is preview what is to come. Right? Um, when this baby grows up, when Jesus uh, moves into adulthood, he's going to have plenty of um, encounters with unexpected, unworthy, upside-down kind of people. Right? Like he's going to run into tax collectors and spend time with them, um, lepers. Ordinary fishermen, uh women of questionable reputation, and he didn't seem to have any problems being around these kinds of people the 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 unclean and the outcast didn't seem to bother Jesus. He said, "I came for the sick, not the healthy I, The sick know that they need healing. The sick know that they need hope. And we see as Jesus grows up, as he encounters these unexpected people, when he meets them, um, he doesn't leave them where they are, he transforms them. And we see tonight that the shepherds were transformed as well. Remember, we, we read the passage, remember what we saw, that in verse 9, the shepherds are afraid, there's fear. But by the time we get to verse 20, the shepherds are singing. And the question for us is, what changed? What's going on? Let's, let's listen again to some of the passage, uh, kind of verses 12 through 16. An angel shows up, tells the shepherds, hey, you need to go see Jesus, and this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger And then the multitude shows up, the whole choir, the angelic choir shows up, they sing their song, and then we read that when the the angels went away into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And then we see in verse 20, right? We see that Jesus makes all the difference. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. What had they seen? They had seen Jesus. And that had made all all the difference. That had turned their fear into singing. Transformation comes for the shepherds and it comes for you and for me by, by hearing about Jesus and then by taking action to go investigate and respond to Jesus. Friends, I have one application for us tonight, for all of us. Regardless of where we're logging in from, regardless of where we are spiritually, regardless of how old we are, our one application comes from verse 15. It's three words, and they're spoken right after the angels have bounced. Like right after they've gone back to heaven, the shepherds, they've got this choice to make, right? Um, The shepherds look at each other and say, well, we can can just keep hanging out in this field and, and maybe chalk up this whole experience to a poor choice in what we decided to eat tonight. Or um, or maybe we can go and see if what the angel said is true. And those three words are, let us go. Let's go. That's the call to all of us tonight, to go and to see Jesus. Right, Christian? <clears throat> maybe you're in a season of doubt. Maybe you're in a season where you feel distant from God. Um, Go to Jesus. See his work. Hear his words again. Tonight, tonight, share with a friend or a family member. Say, hey, I've gotten out of the practice of going to see Jesus. Uh, Could you help remind me? Could we go together to see Jesus? Maybe you logged on tonight, um, and uh, you really wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. You're still undecided. The jury's out. Maybe you're just skeptical. Um, One, we're really glad that you're here. Um, two, a lot of us have been in that same place. I've been in that same place. Uh, three, I, I want to push on you gently to say, make sure that you're not content to stay in this um, intentional ignorance, this willful or volitional ignorance where you're just content saying, I don't know, and I'm really not going to find out. Follow the footsteps of the shepherds and go and see Jesus. Don't judge Christianity or Jesus by what you see on the news or what you watch on the office or um, what you hear your friends say. Um, go and see Jesus for yourself. Two ways you can uh, do that. One, you, t- let me encourage you, tonight or tomorrow, Finish reading one of the Gospels. We've started reading some of Luke tonight. Or right, you could finish reading Luke. Um, maybe you were looking for something shorter. You want to set the bar low. You could start and mark. Just read one of the Gospels tonight or tomorrow. A second uh, thing I would ask you to do, I'll, I'll suggest one resource. Um, it's called Confronting Christianity. It's by uh, Rebecca McLaughlin. She's a creative writer. She's a great thinker, a Cambridge Ph.D. You can find it on Amazon, Confronting Christianity. Um, it's a great book. If you don't have budget for it, let us know. We'll send it to you. All right? Christian, those investigating Christianity, the call is the same. Go to Jesus. The songs of Christmas give us hope. The the lyrics remind us that the unlikely, the outcasts, the unworthy, they can be transformed. We can be transformed. And we can be transformed because Christ came into the world. He was born. He arrived in the manger. Um, He lived and loved perfectly. And then he took the punishment that we deserved for all the times that we know full well we haven't lived and loved perfectly. Perfectly. That's the message of Christianity. That's the message of the gospel. And and the shepherds show us it doesn't matter who you are. But it does matter how you respond. Tonight let's respond by going to see Jesus. This baby that comes in the manger changes everything for the shepherds. It changes everything for you and for me. Let's pray. Mighty and merciful Father, in this season, help us to behold our Savior. Whether it's for the first time or the first time in a long time, help each of us to go to Him, to see Him tonight for forgiveness and hope and life eternal. Our prayer is that um, on this special night um, you would have it be one that's marked by transformation in our lives and that you would use us to bring transformation and light into the lives and places that you have sovereignly put us in. Amen. Our seventh reading this evening reminds us that the story is not over. That our, that our Savior will Return, and, and when he does, every single thing will be transformed. Hear now from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband.